Well, are you ready for summer? Feels like summer already, right? Things have heated up, and uh, this kind of being the official start of summer with the weekend, and so our minds start thinking ahead now, uh, what's coming up, and what do I want to do, and am I getting ready for it? Well, I, I had some emails this week all trying to focus, focus me on that as well, and here is one from Amazon.com, wanting me to get ready for summer by purchasing some things they think I need. For example, they said, you might need a new grill for some outdoor entertainment. Or maybe if you go camping, how about a tent? Of course, if you're going to be working outside with that new lawnmower, you might need some sunscreen. Well, I thought, none of that really uh, appealed to me too much, except for maybe a new grill. But, uh, oh, look at this. How about a swimming pool or a, a new patio set or some fun water thing for the kids and maybe having a GoPro or something, you know, to take pictures? Oh, all right, not too bad. So I thought I'd go to the next page, and it turned into women's fashions and jewelry. And I said, all right, I'm not ready for that kind of summer. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't need a lot of time to think about getting ready for summer. To me, it kind of happens, and it just flows just fine. But there are some other things that I'm looking ahead to, and that, I might simply say, is my future. How about you? Are you looking past just summer and looking farther down the road? What kind of things might you be facing in the future? All the attention that's being given with our political campaigns, you know, is really focusing on the future. Uh, new leaders coming up, and, and maybe people are a little concerned. What direction is our country going to take? We have kind of some opposite things being proposed here. What's going to happen? And if you're not focused on, on something like that with our country, you might just be thinking about your own life, about, you know, your career, the your job, schooling, or, or finances, whatever it might be. You're thinking ahead, and what am I going to face? Well, this morning I want to share a portion of Scripture with you that takes us back several thousand years to a man by the name of Joshua and how he was facing the future. Joshua had a big task in front of him. He was now the new leader of Israel. You know, it's interesting how, how we look to our leaders, but I wonder how leaders look back at their people and wondering what their task is going to be like. Well, what did Joshua have to accomplish? The Lord had told him he now had to lead the people into the land of Canaan. So if you look at the map there, they're off on that right side, and they have to cross over the Jordan Valley, the Jordan River, and go into the land of Canaan, and that's going to be their new real estate. Even though there's people already living there and the land is protected by fortress cities, that's where they were supposed to go. Now, on the map, it kind of looks pretty, but it probably looked a little more like this. Behind them is this group of people, and he's got to get them across this river and, and into this new land, and boy, that was a, a big task. And while he maybe looked across the river and saw that, he might have turned around and seen this. <laughs> Here's two million people, it's estimated, that are following him. You know, and, and there he is, just this one little guy. All eyes are on him. How is he going to face the future? 
God comes to him and gives him some encouragement that's going to help us too as we face the future. Here's how it starts out. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. That's kind of a key phrase right there, those, those last words. As I promised. As we face the future and are a little uncertain about some things and maybe worried about some things and know some things are going to happen, let's find some encouragement in just that phrase, the promise of God. This is the last message in our series of messages on foundations for our faith. This one is about the foundation for our future. On what can we stand that's firm? Answer, simply, the promises of God. When you look at, at the situation with Joshua, you've got to be impressed with how God was giving him encouragement. And, and he's giving us some encouragement too. As we go through this this morning, we're going to see that he's giving us three promises that we can stand on. And the first is simply this. God promises to guide us. Now, as, as we're facing the future, our tendency is to look at the things that are going to confront us, the challenges. For example, when you're looking ahead, you're maybe wondering about your, your job, your job security, uh, how your company is going to do. Uh, if you're uh, moving on in school, you're maybe concerned what's, what's the new school going to be like, or if it's the same school, what's the new year going to be like. So you're concerned about getting yourself all trained and ready to go. Or maybe you're just concerned about maybe where things are in relationships or with finances or with health, whatever it might be. When we look down the road or look at the future, those are the kinds of things that we look at. Even as a church, when we look down the future, we're reminded and guided by God's command to us, here's what we're supposed to be doing making disciples of all nations, of all groups of people, by baptizing and teaching. That's what he says to do. We are to make people faithful followers of Jesus, disciples, simply by baptizing and teaching. Well, how, how do you do that when people may not be interested in that? Well, we have some schools, so we know people want schools, so we establish schools and, and bring people in. And, of course, those schools have budgets, and our church has a budget, and we, we rely on people's goodwill to just freely give us of their hard-earned money to support us. Most people in business would say, that's the craziest business model there is. But in God's economic plan, that works. So you see, there's some interesting challenges that face us as individuals in a congregation too. But here's the assurance that we have that God is going to guide us through all of those things. 
when we reflect back on these words that God spoke to Joshua, did you hear how God started out his conversation? Moses is dead. Well, that's a great opening line, huh? There's confidence for you. The guy who just got us out of, who got us out of Egypt 40 years ago, and he led these two million people through the wilderness and all the trials and something, and now you're telling me he's dead and I'm the man? Yeah. You see, in that, we, we get this little simple truth. God knows the situation. God knows Moses is dead. But he also knew that Joshua was the man. Joshua was the guy to take the people to the next step. Joshua was a man of faith. Joshua was a man of obedience. And God now reveals to him his plan. You see, God's guidance is all simply this. God knows. Listen to the next part of the conversation that God has with Joshua in which he's telling him, okay, here's the plan. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Now you and I can understand that quite easily if we simply just look at a map. (laughs) Poor Joshua, he didn't have a, a map to open up and show, oh, look at that. But that whole area in the red, that's what God was describing. From the desert in the southeast up to the mountains of Lebanon in the northwest, from the great river Euphrates in the northeast down to the southwest coast of the Mediterranean Sea, God says, that's going to be your land. In summary, God was basically saying, X marks the spot. That's your land, Joshua. Now, as Joshua maybe turned around and looked what was behind him, he didn't see a a well-trained army that was ready to fight. There wasn't a group of engineers there all ready to figure everything out. What he saw was two million tourists, (laughs) people with their suitcases and their donkeys and their kids, and they're going, lead us. And he's probably wondering, how is this going to work? So God says this, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. With that, God was assuring him that his guidance was right on. That God would be there and would be guiding to bless them and nothing would stand in the way. Do you feel that way as you look ahead? and face the future? What do you see on the road in front of you? And actually, that's the wrong question. You see, what we tend to do is we tend to think of, well, here's what's coming up, and this is probably going to happen, and I have to be prepared for that, and all those things. Rather than looking at what is on the road, we should be looking at how are we facing those things that are coming up. And we have a system, a method that we follow for doing that too. Well, I know this or that's going to come up, and so here's how I'm going to handle it. I have this resource and that resource. I don't have that one. Or I've got this experience or that experience. I can rely on that person, and other people have been through this before. And so we gather all these resources 
around us. That's how we tend to look at what's coming up on the road in front of us. But what about this? What about faith? Where does faith play its role in how you look at the future? Let me suggest a few things. First of all, recall what God does in the scriptures. What God does in the scriptures, I said. Not just what he did. Well, that's the way he did it then. He didn't do that now. Yes, God does. God still uses his power and his wisdom and putting all sorts of things together. We have assurance of that from the scriptures. That's the recorded history. But we can also look at our life now or look at how God works in, in the life of others now and see what he does. Yesterday I was in prison uh, doing ministry, I assure you. <laughs> and I, I met a, a new uh, prisoner who grew up in Albania, and at the age of 20, he left his family there, spent some time in some refugee camps, and came to America because here he wanted to find and live the American dream. And uh, he ended up in uh, San Diego and uh, started out getting the American dream by being a busboy on tables. And he said, you can't live being a busboy. And so, unfortunately, he got involved with a life of crime, and that ended him up in prison. But as he was telling me his story, he said, but you know what, all of that was good. Because as I ended up in, he wouldn't mean his crime was good, but that as he ended up in prison, it was good because then he got to realize how he was on the wrong path. And that he needed to get back on a right path with God. And he couldn't do that himself. Not by what he has done, but by what Jesus has done for him. Finding Jesus, or as I would say, that Jesus found him, was getting back on the right path. And this man now is so confident of God's working in his life. He sees God's guidance. He wants to go back to Albania when he gets out. He's been in for 20-some years already. When he gets out, he wants to go back to Albania because he wants to talk to his family. He's got some brothers and a couple sisters. And he says they want nothing to do with God because their life is just fine right now. They have all their possessions and family and all sorts of things. But he says, but they don't have God. That's what they need. So that's his hope, that he can go back to Albania, not only to his family, but he said to also all those little villages that he knew as a kid, and bring God's hope to them. Well, we talked, and we said, you know, we really don't know what path God is going to put you on, but we do know where you are today. You're in Solano State Prison, and there's all sorts of men around you who need to be on the right path. That's where God wants you to work now. So look, see, where has God put you now? Where is God guiding you? And then listen to his promises. Listen to what he says, how he assures you that he's going to be with you and bless you. Now, we might look at this account and, and, and hear the 
people of Israel. I mean, that's several thousand years ago, and they're taking over the land of Canaan. What does that have to do with me in 2016? You're in this story. You see, this taking of the land of Canaan was just one part of God's grand plan that includes you. Because that's where he would put his people, that's where they would live and be a nation, and that's where God would send the Savior, his Son. That's where Jesus would come, to live for you, to die, to pay the penalty for your sins, and then to rise from the dead to give you life. You're in this story. This story is your story. It's about God's guidance for your salvation. And so the words of encouragement are, just look for Jesus. Look for Jesus and see how God guides you. Now let's stop and sing a song in which we ask God to give us that trust in him.
Do you ever feel sometimes like you're going it alone? <laughs> Especially if you're going down a, a, a new path, you know, a new experience, you haven't been through it before, so you're not quite sure what to expect or what to do, um, and you just kind of wish maybe somebody else would be there with you. You know, we find that comfort from having others around us. I know uh, 35 years ago, I, I, this summer, I came out to California. Uh, never been, I didn't know people, I didn't know anybody at all. And uh, I think my, my mom thought I was probably going to die out here. <laughs> Not because of an earthquake, but because she says, you don't know how to cook. You don't even know how to boil water. I've done all right. You know, I figured out how to uh, put fires out in a toaster oven because you weren't supposed to put that paper box in there to warm it up and, you know. But I came out here in my little Honda Civic and my dog. I came out here in full confidence because God had called me to come out here. I didn't know anybody. In a sense, I was alone. But I had God. And maybe Joshua might have felt a little bit alone, even though he had two million people behind him. But he's going down a new path. And God reassures him with this promise. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that's the second promise for us to hold on to as we face the future, that God will be with us wherever we are and whatever the situation it is we face. I'm sure that Joshua and actually all of those people probably felt a bit uneasy about what they were being asked to do. Come down out of those hills, cross this river go into this land and face those fortress cities. And when you get up to Jericho, just walk around it for seven days. And on the seventh day, do it seven times, and then blow your horns and those walls will come down. Say, what, Lord? Whatever we face, wherever God is putting us, he assures us he will be with us. Now, it's true, in a sense, that God had just given them the title deed for the land. Here, this land is yours. Go. But along with that title, there came some testings, some challenges, some troubles. There were things that God had asked them to do. And so he said, it's here in the book of the law of Moses. Pay attention to that. And don't turn to the left or to the right. Simply trust God guiding you. That's how God is with us. Through his word. That's how God directs us what to do. As individuals and a church, 
Just follow the book. But now someone might say, well, see, it depends on our obedience and on what we do. But that wasn't the key here. What was key was they needed to step forward in faith. They needed to trust that God would do what seemed humanly impossible to do. And they would follow. And God would bless them. And, and Joshua stands as, as, as a perfect example, not only by what he did, but by his name. The name Joshua means salvation is of the Lord. His name reminds us, put your faith in God. What does your future look like? And how are you walking on it? Does it look a little bit like this bridge, maybe? Well, it doesn't seem like there's enough to stand on and you've got to take some big steps. Maybe you'd feel a little more comfortable with a bridge like this, one that has a, a few more planks filled in. But you notice how even those boards are kind of uneven and thrown there and the whole thing still seems a bit shaky to me? I'd rather be on a bridge like this, one that's been put together by a, a master builder, one that's got some stability and security to it. And we have that in the promises of God. That's our certainty. God is with us. God will guide us and, step and bless us every step of the way. As our next song reminds us, his promises are not over.
sing that all together. So come. So So come, Holy Spirit. Why, we sure need Him. You know, because even though we hear of God's promises, sometimes this is what we think, that, you know, promises aren't always kept, they're broken. Well, here's a list of God's broken promises. None. God always keeps His promises. Oh, we may see some challenges. We may see some things that interfere with it. For example, we may say, but I can't figure it out, Lord. But he says, I'll direct your steps. We might say, I'm too tired to go on. And he says, I'll give you rest. Or we might say, this is impossible. And he says, but with me, there's nothing that's impossible. And you can see there's more. We have another promise from God on which we can stand. And that is... He will bless us in his time and in his way. Uh, Sometimes we're a little bit too much like the customers at Burger King. We want it our way. It's got to go this way, Lord. This is the right way. And, And we have trouble when we can't understand it. We have trouble when it doesn't go the way that we expect it and want it to be. But Lord, I went to school and I did all this. Why can't I get a career in that field? Lord, I've been working for this company for years. Why am I being treated like this now? Or I've been working for years and I've saved and I've saved and I'm ready to retire and now I don't have enough? All's our way, huh? In God's way, in his time. Go in and march around that city of Jericho Seven times and blow your trumpets and the walls will fall down. Really? Yeah, really. And it took many years before they finally conquered that whole land, but it happened. God kept his promise even despite the faithlessness of the people. Now look at these last verses. After God finished his conversation with Joshua... It says, Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. You see what Joshua did? He heard those words of God, and then he acted on God's directions. He went and told the people, get ready. We're going, and we're going to be blessed. 
it's not what's in the future that we need to focus on, but how we focus on the future. Do you hear God calling you? Do you see what direction he's leading you in in life? Do you see what he's calling you to do? He's given you all sorts of promises for your family, for your job, for your schooling, for your future life. It's all there. Just listen to what it says. Keep reminding yourself of them. And then, as Joshua said, get ready to be blessed. Amen.